0: Welcome back to the Emerging Cricket Podcast. I'm Nick Skinner and I'm joined this week by Tim Cutler, first time in a few weeks, uh, Vanuatu Cricket CEO and uh, you know, Emerging Cricket extraordinaire. What has been going on, Tim? We've, we've got a, a lot of Vanuatu news, but uh, first of all, how have you been handling all the cyclones and, and other wild weather?
1: Extraordinaire, i'll take i would just say emerging cricket nuffy i think that's the easiest way to refer to me you know it's it's two sides of the same coin (laughs) it's it's a very tight venn diagram that one i think (laughs) yeah we had a another cyclone third for the year come through just on a, a month ago now that was uh lola after we had judy and kevin come through very early march so it's the earliest cyclone for a long long time i think they're saying that uh, El Nino has an effect on that in terms of um, temperature of oceans and, and whatnot. So that's something that we need to to be on. It's quite interesting though at the moment. with the middle of December and the the start of summer here, and which is generally very hot, wet, humid, and why we don't play cricket through the summer here. But it's really, really dry and really, really nice, and the humidity hasn't really come in yet. So um, so go figure. Yeah. So luckily for us, on Afate, farte where Port Vila is sort of right in the middle of the Vanuatu archipelago, um, didn't really hit us. But unfortunately, up north it really hit some of the the northern islands. Uh, Pentecost, which is the island sort of made famous where the people land dive and where bungee jumping, when they say was basically not invented, but where the idea was was taken from, sort of up up there, and also hit the large island of santo but didn't damage the main town too much but uh yeah some some small islands were really devastated so there's still a bit of a lot of work going on up there to to giving back up and and running again but we've been quite lucky here but we're always watching the the weather patterns you know with um jasper hitting the east coast of queensland it was well it's not good to see a cyclone but it's good to see when it's moving away from uh, us in vanuatu so uh Onward and upward. It's getting to that time of year now where everything gets quite quiet, where a lot of people go back to the the islands that they're from to spend time with their family. So it's a good time for those of us, I I shouldn't say stuck in town, those that (laughs) remain in Portfield to sort of get get some work done or um, get some R&R completed as well. Well, yeah. And
0: and I guess, I mean, Vanuatu Cricket has been very busy recently. The administrative side and uh, there's some upcoming tournaments so we'll we'll start with some uh, an interesting program that caught my eye you uh, it's a fun little uh, post on on Vanuatu social media the the WOTUs are in Australia they they're playing in Craigieburn and and that's part of a, a broader program that you guys have got running to try and get more of the sort of national team players uh, placed uh, in in club cricket in Australia I know several of the women's team are also doing that and and um some other guys uh, Josh Razu's is one who's played a decent amount of club cricket in, in Australia, for example. Um, you
1: know, so it, it's been going on for a while. So just talk about that uh, project. Yeah, well, I think there's two different sides to that. The uh, the Watu brothers, uh, Darren and Wamajo, are playing at Craigieburn, you said, in the Victorian turf comp. And that is high-performance manager, head coach Chris Luffin's old club that he was head coach of before we... Uh, nabbed him so I think we've got quite a good deal there in that the the boys is actually staying with Chris's dad I think and, uh, and then helping out in and around the club so um, you always try and find the right balance of things here because not a lot of clubs necessarily have a lot of money for overseas players so we're still paying them while they're there, and I think between the, the two of us, being the VCA and Craigieburn, that, that means that they're getting a great experience and playing some two-day cricket, which has been great to see, especially for Darren, who's just come on strength and strength. Um, for those that have watched any of his bowling last couple of years, from when he debuted in, in Canada in the Challenge League to then in PNG in the T20 World Cup qualifier, he's got, um, well, he's getting faster and faster, his, his action's getting better, and he comes through the crease a lot more, and I, I think he's, he's really building now into a strike bowler for us, and he's Younger brother is very much a a development prospect and a huge talent um, and just there to really finesse some of his skills, especially in in longer format cricket. But he's someone who can just destroy a game of, of T20 or T10 at home. So great experience for him. So they're going to be there for as much of the season as possible. And then we have, well, almost 20 of our players playing in various competitions between Stanthorpe, which is uh, not far south of Toowoomba, and don't mind the dogs in the background barking You hear that, um, um, and up north in, in Townsville, which is where some of our first male players landed and started playing with Patrick, Andrew, Junior and Apo all flying up there earlier this year. And that's all as part of our, our partnership with Comply that I know I've spoken about in the past, but all of these players are in australia on seasonal work contracts for, uh, picking fruits but through a partnership with icomply and well, the, some great farmers and the, the clubs up there we've got all of our cricketers playing and, and, and training there so i think we've gone from having 15 professional cricketers to having well well over 20 with them there too so we've got eight of our first 11 women in stanthorpe at the moment you know uh, four of our men up in in townsville and there's another eight men in Stanthorpe as well down as I said sort of south of Toowoomba where it can get quite chilly at night which is interesting a little bit bit of weird I was on holiday in Brisbane a couple of weeks ago and and went out there with uh, Rodney Precia the the CEO of iComply and we watched the combined Vanuatu team being in men and women beat a regional rep team which was great but it was sort of 18 degrees and raining play under light so I'm, I'm not sure that's a uh it's a weather pattern that the uh, the Vanuatu team would necessarily be too used to, but it's a, an excellent program. You know, there's much been written about the effect of seasonal work um, on Pacific nations, but the reality is there's an opportunity for these people um, from the Pacific to earn, well, from a Vanuatu point of view, anyway, five and six times the minimum wage and, and go and work in these programs and come back with, with chunks of money. And I comply, have, you know, additional... Pastoral care and, and rules in place that mean that there's, you know, there's no money being wasted on alcohol and, and they're being looked after, and there's a real sort of pacific sensibility about everything. So, you know, I comply. I know the CEO is basically on every one of his workers, of which they, he has hundreds, and making sure that they're going home and they're building a house. And if they're not building a house for themselves, they're building a house for their family with the the money they take back. And I think they're learning a lot of things off the field. And from a cricket point of view, it's a great opportunity as well for the men and women in Stanthorpe and in Townsville playing on on turf wickets every week, playing against men and women of, well, mainly men actually, playing um, at varying skill levels up to some really good cricketers. So they're getting great experience as we lead into our our tournaments next year. We've got the women, well, most of them flying direct from from Brisbane to Auckland for the Women's Pacific Cup, which will be a six-team competition up from the four that it was last year with us joining cook islands fiji samoa papua new guinea which will be a bit of a grudge match after we beat the png side in the recent t20 world cup qualifier that helped us go through and there'll also be a new zealand maori team as well for the first time so that'll be exciting um so again eight of them will fly in and they basically fly out two weeks later and go back to work in in Brisbane, and the the rest of the squad will be back in Vila. And from a men's point of view, I think we'll have the majority of our our men back in time for February, when we have the all important Create World Cup Challenge League playoff, which is an eight team comp in the top four. re we'll requalify or qualify uh, for the the Challenge League, and that the partnership with Iconply is amazing as well. That we're actually going to have use of their one of their facilities in town, not Townsville, in uh, in Toowoomba, to stay at and be a home base for our our prep tour which will all be provided gratis and because of the, all the farmers around there the area have great relations with iComply they're going to be donating food and there's going to be one of the iComply employees in there cooking three meals a day and anyone involved in cricket especially associate cricket knows that any tour costs so much money You know, every day's accommodation food or allowances insurance etc etc and it basically means that we can we can go to this great preparation on turf wickets playing against some strong australian teams hopefully um, in preparation for these tours for the the men going off to malaysia in in february march and then the preparation tour will be for the women before they go off to the uae in april may for the t20 world cup global qualifier, which is is great. It's as good as money in the bank um, for us and probably almost better than money in the bank because even if the money was in the bank, we'd still have to go around organising all these things, but it's more or less going to be done for us and it's all because of this great relationship and the the love of cricket by by iComply.
0: Yeah, I, I can play. Yeah, the the partnership with Vanuatu has been going on for a couple of years, and um, it, it seems like it's just getting um, the 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 roots are going deeper. And and I mean, this is kind of an example of the creative thinking that associates need to show in order to you know stretch every dollar as far as you can. And the challenge of um, a lot of your players going off to to earn more money in Australia, which is sort of, um, I mean, <laughs> Ireland uh, had had a similar problem with uh, a certain one of their uh, players doing agricultural work in Australia. So it's, it's not just Vanuatu, but um, you know, working around that challenge to you know find a way to still have the team training and 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 have them preparing for for tours. You know, I, I think this is um, not not to be uh, patting you on the head too much there, Tim, but I, I I do think this is a really impressive example of of working. Within the this you know the, the difficult parameters of associate cricket and finding a way to you know keep the team going
1: no thanks Link. and you've got to come up with these ideas and, and work with them as you say because I can't and I being me Vanuatu cricket and associate cricket can't fight the against the tide of, of seasonal work yes we can provide other opportunities home base uh, but that's only a limited basis when it comes from a financial perspective and also chances to represent one's country etc but the financial opportunity there just can't be ignored and it's just the reality of, of our world but you say it's been going for a couple of years I, I, I wish it was so if you'd asked me about this a year ago I probably would have had a very different answer for you about seasonal work and that's why I'm super proud of, of how quickly it's happened in that seasonal work was synonymous with people leaving with giving next to no notice I found out about one contracted player leaving via the photo that was posted on Facebook as they got on the plane <laughs> Oh no! and I and, and I had one with only one, one day extra notice than that and Vanuatu talk about the number of sports people they've lost to seasonal work and in general the rule was that they're there to work and farmers didn't release them so um, it was beach volleyball that that had a bit of a pilot program with I Can Play First but they have two of their top class volleyballers there. And some could argue they should probably be the A team for Vanuatu since they've just beaten the A team for Vanuatu twice in the last few months. But uh, look, I'm I'm no expert. I'm just looking at the, uh, the the results, but I think that uh, we just benefit from the fact that, that Rodney is such a huge fan of, uh, of cricket. And, and um, we're able to work together on sort of a, a broader scale for the number of cricketers that are looking to work with him. And, it, and you know, speaking of Nuffies, you know, he's very much a cricket Nuffy. So that, that helps when he can be talking the same language with someone <laughs> about what we're trying to do and someone who knows Vanuatu so, so well and, and values the workers that are there. You know, this isn't all just altruism and handing money hand over fist to us. It's, it, it's a benefit for him too, as you said himself. To us and to other people, sports people for him are great workers because generally they're disciplined and fit and efficient, and and it goes both ways. If he's got good workers, the farms are happy. The farms understand the commitment that they have to be national sports people, and it all goes around in a well big virtuous circle, really. So it's not just someone that likes sport that's handing money out, which you know is the definition of sort of old sponsorship. It's a it's a true partnership, and I I hope not too many countries playing against us but I hope other other sports and countries use this as an example because in the end I I really do think that that everybody benefits and yes there's got to be certain types of farms that don't need the work on certain days and have understanding farmers but you find the right people and uh, it could all work really well like I think it is for us all at the moment. Yeah I mean that that's a
0: a very positive uh, story to hear and uh, it's interesting you mentioned the the beach volleyball the Commonwealth Games were on uh, when we we're in Canada and and the you know the the Vanuatu guys are all cheering for the um you know the Vanuatu beach volleyball team who who seems to be doing pretty well um and just on the Canada point you know Darren Wotu you mentioned his debut came in that Canada tournament a couple of years ago uh the the challenge league leg in uh well I was going to say Toronto, but not really in Toronto, <laughs> a uh, long way
1: north, yes yes
0: um, but uh yeah and and you know seeing him there, I thought you know the ingredients were there to be a a pretty handy cricketer, but he wasn't he was he was very raw, and so yeah it's, it's good to hear that he's coming together, just adding an extra yard of pace i i think on on what he's got already, I think that that will certainly make him into a a much better bowler. Um, So, yeah, definitely one to watch as as he continues his development in Australia. And you mentioned those upcoming tournaments, the Women's Pacific Cup and the, the Challenge League playoff. Uh, one interesting little thread. Uh, it, so Josh Razu is uh, involved in coaching the women's team and there's a very tight turnaround between the two tournaments. Uh, is, is, are you able to get him from one to the other in time or,
1: or what's what's the story there? Oh, look, Nick, come on. A, couple, a few hours is enough, isn't it? <laughs> no, um, thankfully, thankfully. Look, it, it, we we're about to have a really tight first quarter. We we're going to finish the men were going to finish in Malaysia after the Challenge League playoff. And there's hopefully going to be a T20i series afterwards, depending how many countries. I've actually got a call um, in about half an hour about it, so I'll know more then. But at one stage, we are going to be coming back from from KL, and it was going to be a matter of like one or two days before uh, those that were with the women's squad, namely you know the Joshes and, and Chris, and probably me carrying the money and, and others, um, would turn around. But thankfully, from this point of, point of view, the ICC's put the women's event back, and that will now start in mid April. So there's about a month. So the men's squad will be away for about a month and there'll be about a month break between the two series. Um less a week and a bit for that time in, in Toowoomba. But yeah, it would have been really, really tight and very taxing, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and so that that tournament in Kuala Lumpur, the Challenge League playoff, it's the first of its kind because this is um you know the first time we've had the cycle change over and, and teams possibly coming into the challenge league where where do you see vanuatu you know up against your rivals in that um i'm not sure how much of the format and stuff has been made public yet but uh yeah as you say eight teams
1: four go through you fancy your chances that's a really good question we know one of the teams really well malaysia because we've been in the same group for the challenge league for the past three years and the teams on the other side of the Challenge League, Italy and Bermuda, the way that they've gone with the rankings, I think they've gone, or the seedings, I should say, they've gone with the total points scored in the Challenge League. So in the end, Bermuda, well, Italy are first, Malaysia are second, we're third, and Bermuda are last. And they've done the old snake, so they've gone one, and then over to the next group, two, three, and then four back to the first group. So we're actually grouped with Malaysia the same way that we were in in Challenge League A which I just assumed that hmm. they would have placed one and two you know A1 with B2 and B1 with, with A2 so we would have been the group with Italy so I've got to say on, on paper I'm, I'm a lot happier about that because you know we know the this class that's in the the Italy side that has been for, for a long time um, so that's a, a start and it looks like in In our group, um, I'm I'm sure I'm not breaking any state secrets here because uh, all these things leak anyway, but uh, in our group it will be uh, Bahrain and Tanzania joining us in Malaysia and the other group it will be Saudi Arabia and Kuwait with uh, Italy and Bermuda. So, yeah, from each group of four, you're single round robin in that group and then the bottom team drops out and then you turn into a super sixes. So you carry your points against your fellow well, the top two from the, the top three, and then you play three more matches. So it's going to be a, a, a hard old tournament. I guess, you know, what this group grouping saves you is playing seven matches on the hop if you had a single eight-team group. Um, it does feel a little complex when you kind of think about a group of four into a super sixes, but it will mean that you'll play your, your three group games and then you'll play the best three teams on, on the other side and, and that's it. Once the tournament's over at the top four, Will go up into the into the Challenge League, and the you know we've talked in the past about the the amount of money that is connected to that, which looks like it's going to grow a little bit more in the in the new cycle, and then the uh, the bottom uh, four teams uh, are out of the 32 team 50 over pyramid uh, for the ICC, and they'll just uh, drop back well and, and be using T20 rankings, I assume, if they use the same same criteria for the same qualifier in in four years time.
0: Now. There's a little bit of uh, team news uh, that is going to be very interesting for some of our listeners. I I believe a certain uh, T Cutler has has uh, become eligible for the Vanuatu team. This
1: is true, Nicholas. This is true. It's taken me moving countries four times in life to uh to finally find one complete No, yes, but this is <laughs> is true. I've been I've been playing ever since I I've landed. Uh, I landed probably a little bit bigger than I should have been. Now I'm getting back to where I should be. But although you know I'm going to be working hard for the next the next few months, that's for sure to, to uh, if selected. But uh, yeah, look, it's been well almost, almost three years here in uh, in the trenches with uh, with everyone else, and I couldn't feel more connected to the the people and, and the cricket here. So if given the opportunity, I I can't wait to get out there um, seeing how hard everyone works behind the scenes as a collective to, to take the, the, the sport forward and how important this tournament is. Like if, if given the chance, you know, there's, there's a kid that used to go to go to sleep in a yellow cap. It just had a different badge on it, but it uh, looks like there'll be a chance for him to go out there in a, in the middle of the field and uh, play international cricket and, um, representing his home and uh, and you know you, you never know your luck so you know I always hear you and Bez talking about how left arm spins a uh, cheat code in cricket these days so um let's see if I can make that true
0: well especially tall left arm spin I I, I do remember you know you were bowling a lot of deliveries to the guys uh, in that challenge league leg both as a net bowler and you know helping them work on on their game and yeah I mean <laughs> I, I I think it is it is a challenging style of bowling to face at associate level so uh, yeah I, I can see the value of it just to I guess grill you for a second you know maybe a cynic would say you know oh this is the problem with associate cricket you know they're just selecting you know someone who had some first grade experience in Australia surely that shows the standard is low you know that those kinds of criticism. How how do you kind of see that in in the context of
1: uh, of this team? Well, I tried to answer that question before you had to ask it there, Nick, about the connection to the game here and you know eligibility for well global sport in general. Whether you look at Olympic eligibility or or, or cricket is a it's a bit of a bit of a minefield, really. Um, in terms of you know trying to find your way through what you what you think is right and and, and proper, you know cricket. As we've talked about so many times before, you know, to be eligible, you can be born in a nation, you can be a, um, a citizen of that nation, you can be a, a resident for for three years, and the rules are there, and we're we're doing our best to to, to play within them and, and trying to make the best we can of the 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 opportunities that we're giving. You know, you, you look across, you know, the ICC funding model and how far a US dollar goes in one country versus another. Does that mean you know um, things? aren't done the right way or not I, I think that you know it's one thing if you have someone I, I, I'd say to the bones of bones of it if you're bringing someone into a country only to play cricket for your nation and and again putting the cynics hat on and we've seen that happen around the associate world and where teams that have done quite well have, have looked at that top-down approach and we I know that we've had interviews on the podcast where people have plainly said that that they've brought people in to re- recruit players I think that that is where I'd have an, an issue or at least a, at least a little raised eyebrow about how that's actually helping the sport but if you've got someone who's move to a, a nation to be to be part of it and, and, and help it grow or move there otherwise then i'm f- i'm pretty comfortable with it and I, you know and you know it's i don't know whether it's hot off the press or the fact that i haven't signed the contract yet but you know i've just been offered another another three-year contract from the from the end of the year which will see me here for a long long time yet and I, i've always said to people a lucky thing about me i guess we're everywhere i've lived around the world i've collected uh Collected so many great friends and homes along the way, and this is no different. You know, Vanuatu is very much home, and it has been for three years. and And I'm going to do the best I can to to help cricket here. So if it's, as I said, if selected, I'll have to recuse myself from the uh, the selection panel for that particular <laughs> conversation. But if I get a chance to go out there and help, then then why not? Not not least because I've seen the the challenges that the the people in this country are facing every day, anyway. So if I can do my little bit, then uh, just uh, throw me that ball, skip.
0: I think it uh, it reminds me a little bit of uh, when you were uh, at Hong Kong and and had kind of a similar question around uh, selecting uh, Ryan Campbell, uh, who who eventually did play a few games for Hong Kong, was uh, was absolutely sawn off with a with a decision I think from memory, but uh, don't need to get into that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I guess the the other question I would have in in this sort of situation is, you know, what what's the exit plan? You know, what's the uh, what's in place to get you know to get the replacement for Tim Cutler coming from Vanuatu?
1: Yeah, and, and that's always the question, isn't it? To make sure you're not just being peaky and picking people of a certain age, and there's no continuity plan. And like I said, I've got to be selected first. But the you know, left-arm spinners we we already have in the system. Not too many left-hand hand batters though. It seems to be absolute hens teeth in Vanuatu. I think everyone's just been watching. Um, certain batters on, uh, on TV and gone, well, they, they're going to be right-handed and everyone's going to be right-handed. So uh, there's, a, there's a big pile of left-handed thigh guards in Vanuatu that have been donated that aren't getting, getting much use. But I, you know, I think that goes to everything we, we, we're, we're trying to do. I sort of feel like there's been a bit of a misgeneration over and before covid um, with a lot of focus on on high performance things and and not so much on schools and development and that is a a new focus for us as we go into the future but also how we better link our so high performance programs with school cricket and domestic cricket that you know this is not just a focus on, on on high performance cricket they're actually trying to get more and more people involved in the sport and benefit from it and come through into those those high performance programs all the way through from underage stuff and i think that's something that mark stafford you know president of VCA for over 30 years and former development committee chair of the affiliates, and he's also been um, on the board of the ICC as well. Has lamented for a long time that the ICC doesn't have underage regional tournaments anymore. And when I say underage, I mean sort of under 15 and under 17, that provided such a, a great incentive for smaller nations to get more and more kids playing when they had such a great opportunity to represent their country, especially when you're in such a challenger environment in so many associate nations when you're fighting a huge sport which is generally football um, but in some others it's you know other games if you're looking at, at Fiji with, with rugby especially sevens etc that you've got that opportunity to play so I think it's what we can do to leverage those, those opportunities we see to bring more and more kids through the sport and be a lot better with, with how we link schools to clubs because one of the hard things in Vanuatu as opposed to a lot of those of us living in the more established cricket nations is that well not even the more established cricket nations i'll say just as an australian in australia you know you parents and volunteerism is completely different here you don't have that same connection you don't have as many or many at all your parents driving kids around or even taking kids to sport or being involved you don't have the level of volunteerism people are out there trying to make money for their families so i'm always signing checks for for volunteer i'll say what are these checks for they say they're for the volunteers well they're not volunteers are they you know they're they're actually (laughs) they're actually labor um and and trying to build on that and the uncertainty around i talked about the labor drain from from fruit picking but every industry seeing that so including the teachers you know so the there's sort of upheaval and trying to get connection with schools but that's always changing so we're having to do more and more as a sport um to bring those kids through uh, in life and also in, in cricket so i think that's to, a very long-winded answer to your question in that you know our our goal is to, to not take advantage of the golden passport program out there and uh, go and you know, give you know Chris Gale a Vanuatu passport and get him, and get him here. Um, quite the opposite. We, you know, we're very proud that you know such a huge proportion of our players have all learnt the game here, are from here, have learnt the game here, and probably a lot more than most associates. You know, I'd say more than ninety percent. Um, and that's not something that I'm sort of holding up as a reason for to let me play. I'm just saying that that's something that really attracted me to Vanuatu in general in the way that the sport is actually seen in Vanuatu it's not seen as a foreign sport and that's I know that in a lot of associate nations you're fighting that battle where local people will, will will see a sport will see cricket being played and they see it played by people ostensibly not from there and think it's not for them and don't and don't feel like they're part of it we're here 99% of the people that play cricket here are Melanesian knee Vanuatu people so and that's great to see as well and and the fact that I'm accepted and, and part of the community as one of everybody else is a testament to them and also what we can do at the vca as we as we look forward how's your bislama going tim that's that's uh you're working on it uh last i heard but
0: uh you know you making
1: purpose? yeah and I got, I got in trouble for speaking it last time i got a kind of a waving figure about how bad it is it, it's okay as long as um people as they do speaking each other in their own language talk quite fast and i've been accused of talking too fast once or twice in my life as well so as long as people talk slowly i'm, I'm okay um, and i've got to speak it more the problem is in a lot of places you can get away with speaking mm. english and that's something i can probably do a lot more of now chris is here we can probably get him into some lessons so that can be a good excuse for me to speak it more and um, the other thing is i get a bit nervous when i'm speaking because i stop and i i go to say a word and because so much of it is based on english but I think no, no, there must be a word. No, I don't want to use the English word. I stop and I'll say, "Oh, what word is it?" And then they'll tell me what it is, and it's the English word anyway. So, <laughs> I don't know. A couple of beverages in, I'm generally a lot more, a lot more relaxed. That's
0: the way. To, that's um, the way to
1: learn. Uh, But aren't we, aren't we all? Look, we've talked about doing a podcast of that ilk. So perhaps if we have a, uh, you know, a, f- a sponsored um, yeah, adult beverage maker podcast one night we can we can go back with backwards and forwards in a bit of uh, Bislama. Now that would be fun the uh, the bislama cricket podcast. Um <laughs> <laughs> one never say never.
0: I, I, I think that I think there could be a market for that. Um j- just one little thread that you mentioned there, the 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 youth stuff and the under 19s and under 15s uh, regional events we we can contrast that to the ACC the Asian Cricket Council where they are currently running the under 19s uh, Asia Cup, and, and there's three associates involved uh, Nepal, Japan, and UAE. It, it's being hosted in the UAE, and the UAE have actually just knocked out Sri Lanka and, and moved to the semi finals in, in a pretty exciting game. Uh, Tanish Suri hit 70 odd, um, a very nice piece from Paul Radley. Well, a couple of good pieces from him, as always, on the tournament and, and on uh, some of the stars who are emerging. So that's one to keep an eye on. A.N. Sal Khan also uh, in, in the runs and wickets. Uh, he's already played a bunch of senior cricket for UAE. And in their game against uh, Japan, uh, Koji Abe from, from Japan hit Japan's first half century. Um, so that was nice. But uh, yeah, I mean, th- this, this Asia Cup, the Youth Asia Cup that's going on now is, is kind of the um, we, we always say that the ACC is the gold standard of regional bodies. And, you know, imagine if there was something like this going on in, in every region of uh, of, of the ACC.
1: Uh, yes, and we've talked about that ad nauseum, really, haven't we? The advantage is, of course, they have five full members there that when they play an Asia Cup or the, when the men's team play the Asia Cup, you know, hopefully the, the women's Asia Cup will have the same standing soon enough. But the uh, media rights that come from that, you know, fund... All of this, and it shows that uh, what can be done with uh, rightly allocated funds. One can only hope that the ICC's new windfall from, you know, getting almost twice as much money as they uh, they had before over a shorter period, over half the period um, with the new rights deal. That they're thinking similar things with underage tournaments and also emerging tournaments as well, which we see the um, the ACC doing as well with emerging Asia Cups. And also the underage um, events, and they also do training and development programs too. That, you know, are without peer. And like I said, it's it's easy to say there's five, four members, they got that money coming in, but the reality is we probably now have an, a, enough money around to have these uh, these events going on. So we can only hope that's something that we are presented with by the the ICC down the path.
0: Now, moving to some senior cricket, uh, some senior women's cricket, we have the women's T20 World Cup Africa qualifiers going on in Uganda. Uh, We've got Botswana, Kenya, Namibia, Nigeria, Rwanda, Tanzania, Uganda, and Zimbabwe. Uh, The top two teams uh, will go through to the global qualifier on the women's side, where most of the way through the group stage, uh, group A has wrapped up. Zimbabwe and Tanzania pretty comfortably through to the semi-finals and Group B, uh, Uganda and Namibia look possibly the favourites, although this is kind of the group of death. Uh, Uganda beat Namibia and Nigeria beat Rwanda in, in a couple of upsets, uh, so we're, we're still not sure who's coming through to the semi-finals from Group B. But uh, yeah, I- exciting tournament so far. Um, some interesting little uh, little threads here. On over in Group A, it's kind of a lot more straightforward with Zimbabwe and Tanzania being. Uh, clearly better than the other teams. I guess the main story there is more just, you know, how much Kenya is still struggling in terms of uh, you know, they came through from the sub regionals and um they really haven't made an impact.
1: Yeah, it's an ongoing sad story really, isn't it? Um, you know, as we're recording here, Namibia and Rwanda are playing with uh, Namibia scoring hundred and two after twenty overs, you know, considering Rwanda haven't scored more than more than 90 yet you'd like to think that namibia are going to wrap it up but as we know stranger things have happened but dearie me how how long has that this story been going on that the uh the potential that that kenya has had uh men's and women's side and just to to see this oh, is it disappointing i guess they've they've got, got through they got out of division two with botswana to to come up to this to this qualifier um which is which is great, um, but then the only game they've won um, was against Botswana going through the the group. So I'm not not sure of the current state of, uh, of cricket in Kenya. I know we've seen a lot of administration dramas over the... Well, geez, it's almost decades <laughs> yeah. now to, to think of it, where we are in, in, in 2023 and about to hit 2024, which is so disappointing. I know that we all know the... Well, anyone that's got this far on the podcast would know the story of Kenya. They were basically... Uh, well, they were given permanent ODI status and then they had that taken away from them um, and then um, lost it uh, the last time in the uh, the men's World Cup qualifier sorry when I talk about ODI status I'm talking about men's cricket of course but um, lost it in the World Cup qualifier uh, in 2014 and just gone backwards from there you know they fell out of the um well well cricket League championship as it as it was was then and only just uh, snuck back in through the qualifier so much so that they you know they didn't have the ODI status when uh, when countries were playing it in the same tournament doesn't that sound like a long time ago and then um despite a few little flashes would you call on the men's side of of um, potential or but you know when you've got the same players playing that were there playing when they're in the World Cup mm. um you know, you, you're asking about Vanuatu and they're replace Tim Cutler if he's ever selected. Plan, you know, there's there's definitely some some of those questions about certain players in the in the Kenyan team as well. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I mean, we'll get to the men's side for Kenya actually in a second, but uh, yeah, it's basically the Quinto Abel show, and um, you know, she she's not able to do it all on her own uh, at at this level, unfortunately. For Kenya. Uh, Zimbabwe seem to have answered a few questions with some, some players coming into to form uh, Chipo Muguri uh, Tirupano, Modesto Mupachikwa in the runs, Marianne Masonda all stepping up um, after slightly underwhelming uh, lead ins. Uh, Laureen Chuma is really turning into a, a, a top class player for them. Um, young, young bowler come through the under 19 system. Uh, Precious Morungay. So a lot of familiar names for Zimbabwe. Um, you would think they're probably. Still the runaway favourites to make the final and, and qualify for the global qualifier. Um, yeah, Group B, Uganda, as I said, beat Namibia to, to basically seal a semi-final spot. Um, they, they bowled very well. Lorna Anyat seems like a good finder, an offie who gets very good purchase off off the pitch. Uh, Weko, the skipper, still uh, you know still bamboozling everyone with her sort of loopy leg spin. But yeah, the batting is is still a bit fragile. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Namibia, a bit disappointing, some slightly odd uh, decisions, you know, I, I'm not sure why they have three wicker keepers who all also bowl. Um, they swap between uh, Mercy Gorazis and uh, and Kayleen Green, and, uh, you know, there's also Yasmin Khan, who, who rolls the arm over. I think Khan maybe has had some injury issues, so she doesn't keep as much these days. Um, a little bit confused to see that Wilka Motile was not in the team so far, uh, she she played in that series in September in the UAE. Uh, she was promoted up the order and h- had a decent amount of success against a good UAE bowling lineup. So kind of strange that she's not involved here. Uh, Adele Hansel, uh, who looked quite promising at the top of the order a year or two ago, seems to have fizzled out, and she's you know batting eight and not bowling much. So it kind of doesn't seem like they're quite sure what to do with her. But yeah, so. Namibia, yeah, as you say, you would expect them to beat Rwanda from here, but I, I guess maybe they'll uh, they make us look silly uh, in in post production. But uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you'll be able to cut it, Nick. Don't worry, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll you'll be able to just cut
1: that completely, and no one will be any any the wiser.
0: But yeah, very very interesting uh, little tournament shaping up here with um, Nigeria also beating Rwanda. Who, let's not forget, Rwanda are the uh, the reigning champions of the Kibuka, having beaten. Uh, Uganda in, in the final of that tournament. So, um, yeah, four very good teams in in this group B. It was it was a DLS victory. Uh, they were slightly ahead when the rain came in the tenth over, but you know they, the Nigeria had restricted Rwanda to 88 for nine in their 20 overs, and um, Peculiar Agboya, another one of those fantastic African names, um, uh, had had taken uh, three for 13 to. Uh, to keep a lid on Rwanda. So, good effort from Nigeria. Will be interesting to see if they can turn over Uganda and, and really uh, throw a cat amongst the pigeons there because um, they have beaten Uganda before at that Kwabuka earlier in the year. So, one to keep an eye on and, and we'll give a, a full wrap of the tournament next week. Just before you go, Tim, we've got the men on the African side uh, are also playing. We've got the ACA Africa Finals. Um, So that's kind of what we were talking about in in terms of the African Cricket Association running regional tournaments. Um, This is a good initiative. They ran it last year, had a very exciting match in the final, good tournament. And this year we've got Group A with Uganda, Rwanda, Mozambique and Malawi. And then Group B with Kenya, Botswana, Ghana and Sierra Leone. Uh, The first day of the tournament, uh, we saw a a huge upset with Rwanda beating Uganda for the first time in, in 18 matches between the two teams. Uh, Zappi Beminyamana, another great name, uh, helped Rwanda to 115. And Uganda, after a very good start, I think they were one for 40-odd after five overs or something. Uh, Roger Makasa was was going quite rapidly at the top of the order. But then once he got out, Uganda really crumbled. And um, they were bowled out for 113, giving Rwanda their their first victory. Um, So, yes, already some interesting results coming out of this ACA Africa T20 Cup. Good to see it happening.
1: Yes, and, and yet another international tournament being held in uh, Benoni, with them hosting a World Cricket League tournament back in 2018, where Vanuatu scraped through, and where Patrick Matavava scored a record-breaking—well, not a record-breaking, but uh, yes. such a against journey, such a yeah—an innings of, uh, of influence and 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 effect. Yeah, so you know when we heard that South Africa are going to be hosting, you sort of have a little. Oh, excitement! You know they're going to have a team in it, or even a team, or something. But um, I guess with no Namibia, well, or or Zimbabwe there either. Noting the fact we, of course, we've just had the Africa qualifiers. But you can only hope that looking at the base that they have, they can get to a point where we could see. Well, I guess they're the big three now of, of Africa aren't they? With uh, the Namibia beating full members in in global tournaments, and uh, well. But it's also good to see, uh, I guess, Uganda there after their huge news of of making the Men's T20 World Cup for the first time ever. But um, yeah, that was a huge boil over to to see that. Um, And so close as well. And um, I've only seen the scores, but I don't know what that means. If it's uh, something more about Rwanda or if Uganda had a a bad day. But uh, all it just says is that Africa continues to be a a good news story for, for the growth of associate cricket.
0: Yeah, and I mean, looking at some of the stats, uh, I mean, Rwanda have played an awful lot of cricket this year. And I mean, eventually, if you, you keep playing cricket, you, you get better, I think, is, is basically the the moral of the story there. And it's it's a model for other regions, I think, the, the fact that you know these teams do play each other quite a lot. And, and there are a lot of these uh, you know, regional tournaments being played. Um, Gahanga in Rwanda is one of the grounds in the world with the most matches being played you know of any ground at all so you know there's a lot of cricket going on and know, yeah, the, the teams in the region are getting better and I, I think that's, that's that's it's it's that simple you know you play a bunch of cricket you get better and uh, that that's something um, other teams could could probably learn from I know you need to head off now Tim but uh, great to see you once again and uh, good to have all of you, our wonderful listeners, tuning in as always. Remember, you can keep up to date with all the latest news in the world of emerging cricket by logging on to emergingcricket.com or following us on your favourite social media platforms. And just before we go, a couple of updates to ongoing series. Firstly, in the Under-19's Asia Cup. UAE's dream run continues as they defeated Pakistan in the semi-final. And it was a thriller too. Emirati skipper Aynaf Sal Khan, who, as we know, already has some experience winning games for the senior team, was instrumental with his 55 as the hosts posted 193 being bowled out in the 48th over, before dismissing Pakistan for 182 in the final over of their chase. Spin bowling duo Hardik Pai and Dhruv Parasha led the way with 2 for 35 and 1 for 29 in their respective 10 over spells, and Parasha will probably be looking forward to taking on Bangladesh again in the final after he took 6 for 44 against them in group play. Meanwhile, over in the Women's T20 World Cup Africa qualifier, the semi-finalists have been decided for Group B, with Namibia restricting Rwanda to 8 for 91 in their chase of 102. So Namibia take on Zimbabwe in the semi-final, while Uganda take on East African rivals Tanzania. That's the same four teams as the previous edition of this event, though the matchups have been swapped. Both of the semi-finals get underway on the 16th of December, with the winners going through to the Global Women's T20 World Cup qualifier. The tournament final between the two qualifying teams will be played on the 17th. Bye for now.